Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everybody. This is Mortgage Matters. Last show in January. Another live episode. I can't believe it's the last show in January already. Time just keeps on flying. It's nuts. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. That voice you hear is Mike Points filling in for Jason Grody today. He's got the night off. He's got the, yeah, it's... (laughs) Daytime. Sure looks bright out there yeah, for night. Just feels like that's what they say on the news, you know. <laughs> no, no. Mike points and Jason Grody has Psych a night. Psych is actually nine o'clock at night right now. <laughs> yeah, it's night somewhere. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me pull out of bed. <laughs> you got some. So I already got pull the out of bed. I got a bed it's going. All right. Gym. Hey, for everyone who's listening to Motor Mouse, thanks for sticking around. You've got two hours of. Very fascinating talk radio. We're going to talk real estate and mortgage today. Um, I know we have a little bit of a plan today. We're going to talk about Certainly. some rehab loan programs a little later in the show. Sure. Um, we've got some, you know, there's this amazing trend. I, I know my wife loves the shows on HGTV, The Fixer Upper. Oh, yeah. With Chip and Joanna. And then there's the flipper flop with the... The two young L.A. couple right. people. I'm in and, with Bobby right there, man. Yeah. I love those shows. Those shows are great, right? Are, These people I, I find houses that yeah. are funky yeah. or old yeah. or whatever, don't quite work for their lifestyle, yeah, and then yeah. they buy them, fix them, and they're perfect. Yeah. yeah. That and that's actually Waco, reality. Waco, Texas, yeah. $92,000 purchase price. <laughs> right. That's not reality <laughs> yeah. here anyway. Like I, was, I could just <laughs> cash out the 401k and buy that. I had one of those I was like looking at the other day. is like, why would you do this? You enclosed the porch that was great. And then they had to rip it all off and do that. And then they had put a bedroom between the dining room and the kitchen. So you had to go through the bedroom to go to the kitchen. Yeah. That was before they like, fixed it? That yeah, was the what, dining room. Yeah. Is that, that what they That was before like? they fixed yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Right. And they all put it all back to the way it was That is original. called functional obsolescence. Yeah. That's well, nice. Just, yeah. You know, put <laughs> a bedroom between that. your kitchen and your dining room. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> I have a couple of friends who are looking for homes yeah, out awesome. in the Morro Bay area. There's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. Yeah. A lot of funky beach right. houses that just you know you have to go through the master bedroom to get to the backyard yeah no, that's weird mm, no offense yeah. but to you dan but uh, well that's my point Mor- the people in Morro bay are a little funky <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah right. <laughs> right. yeah none, none taken sir yeah no 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 no, no. but a reflection of society <laughs> i just get hooked on those shows so i'm they're in a lot of fun they're a lot of fun and yeah. what well, the the loan we're going to talk about today the, the loans there's a couple different options there's a key one but yeah they make these these types of shows you know reality for people here on the central coast you can buy that funky house fix it up make it the way you like it all mm-hmm. with one simple um rehabilitation loan right so yeah. we're going to go into that in more detail a little bit later certainly we got plenty of content for yeah that. um but there's there's a lot of news that came out this week that we'll be discussing 
Um, we'd always love to hear from you. If you'd like to participate today in today's show, you can give us a call at 543-8830, 543-8830. And uh, away we go. Away we Here go. Here we go. So interestingly <laughs> enough, um, I was woken up yesterday. I decided to sleep in for once um, from a text message from, of course, U.S. Today, because... USA Today is always trying to communicate with me uh. via these notifications on my phone, and they reminded me that quarter four of last year, <clears throat> the production in quarter four was not what we had hoped. You know, the the GDP pumped out less than average numbers, and what I think is just kind of shocking to me is that it's just really a sign that that this economy wants to get going, but you know, there's no one ready to drive the train. And it's just not going. We had a great third quarter, great third quarter. Yeah. And then it comes back like, wah, wah, you know, one point. Dan, one, Dan I know you got the exact number. 1.9% was the, I think this is the initial reading for fourth quarter GDP. So there's going to be a couple more as numbers continue to come in for the quarter. And we'll see that number get revised one way or the other. Sure. Um why do they do it that way? Why is there always one guy that just can't wait and sends out a notification? <laughs> well, I think, you know, we're already a month into yeah. the first quarter of 2017. Okay. And so we're trying to understand what took place last quarter. So we're trying to monitor that. But, you know, it... There's a lot of data, right? Yeah, there's a lot of data, a lot of numbers to figure out. You know, I know for, um, you know, I do a lot of the accounting for our company. There's a lot of... Um, a lot of the bills and stuff, you know, are in arrears. You're you're getting. I, I'm getting invoices today that are still covering act. You know, stuff that happened in November and December of last year. So mm -hmm. I think there's mm -hmm. things like that that happen with these GDP readings where you just don't really know Got everything until you know until the first quarter's almost over. Sure. So I I think that's why. But you know, they're trying to get an idea, get the information out there of what activity looked like. Um, it is disappointing to see the GDP slip, although I don't think it's really m much different than the past several year trend that we've seen. Um, it is, you know, overall last year, it was the weakest GDP year f since 2011. So mm -hmm. that's kind of disappointing. It mm -hmm. seemed like we were on an upward trend. Especially with the Dow doing what it's doing and just the stock markets in general. Yeah, I have my own theory about that. I think that's just... That that's really political. I mean, it, it feels like with the the shift in in administration administrations change. that there's a different outlook on how stocks are going to perform. And so there was this immediate. I, I almost want to call it a correction, but it's not. It's like a a reaction to the administration change. Um, but I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of um, stay in a tighter range now that we've adjusted for mm. that change. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because the stock market wasn't really doing a whole lot prior prior to the administration change. It was kind of hovering in that near 18,000 range. Yeah. I mean, it did well the last year of Obama's um, administration, year and a half, last year and a half of his mm -hmm. administration. So uh, as far as GDP goes, you know, I, th I think, you know, second and third quarter were both good um, quarters. We saw growth at three and four point three percent. You know, if we could keep those numbers up all year long, that'd be right where we want to be. But what we've seen the last several years is the first quarter's been pretty abysmal. I mean, it's been bad. Um, three years ago, I think it was negative. Two years ago, it was like 0.1. Last year, I think it was 
six, seven, eight, nine, something mm-hmm. like that, less than one percent. Mm-hmm. This year, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it, it seems like it's been a lot of weather-based stuff. Yeah, we had that vortex issue in the Midwest. And the the fourth quarter has also been a little bit of a downer each year. It's been the second and third quarters that have really propped up the whole year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's any different. It's just overall the numbers weren't as great. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I have the full year figure. Oh, I think, what's this? Is it about 2.4? No, I don't have it yet. Anyway, I think that annual number will be coming to me. Yeah, I, it's it's just a sign that, you know, maybe we're maybe we're not going to have these years where we just go out and quote-unquote crush it, and it, it's just going to stay in a no, more of a stable environment. There's a lot of things that are that are out of out of our control, you know, as a nation with what's going on globally as well. I mean, we we as Americans are trying to I think now can some of us can say that they're pretty optimistic about, you know, new jobs being created and and wages going up because of the unemployment rate. But we'll just have to see. I mean, maybe it's automation is also a scary thing for some people that are starting to see their jobs go away to, you know, robots, but might be getting off on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, emphasis being put in that um, arena right now, as far as bringing manufacturing jobs back. So obviously, a lot of a lot of that in the news lately. So sure. we'll see. I'm I'm really curious to see how that uh, works out over the next several years to see if we can bring those manufacturing jobs back, or if you know the if that's just kind of a thing of the past. Like you said, automations. Where it's at. I mean, right. even the pundits on t- television, when they're talking about those jobs coming back, they, you know, they say a modern factory today isn't, it's not full of workers on an assembly line. That's not Correct. what it is anymore. There's like the quality control guy at the end or something, but sure. it's a lot of automation in between. So it's not a labor intensive uh, sector like it used to be. It's a very competitive market with regards to price too. You know, you've got so many competitors, you got to. You've got to, you know, minimize your costs with labor if you can. You see this can, whole thing with Obama, well, not Obama, with Trump, and is like, you know, uh, Ford and I guess uh, General Motors building new plants here in the United States. Do you think they're going to be mostly automated? Probably. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's probably going to have some condition. There's a percentage of like decent wage-paying jobs going on. Huh. He has to try to do that. Yeah. To, but the answer is, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what what we're talking about here. I, I mm-hmm. think even though those plants may be coming back, it, it's hard to gauge how many of those, you know, what that will mean and as far as number of jobs goes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, it's different now. It, it, it's very different. The machinery is something, you know, there's all these things in business and maybe this is part of the regulation reform that we'll see um, is you have, you have to pay workers comp on, right. a, on a person. You have to mm-hmm. account for sick days and vacation and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, they have to take breaks during the day and eat a lunch and do these mm-hmm. things. A machine never does that. A machine doesn't need a lunch. A machine doesn't, you don't have to do workers comp for a machine. need vacation time. Yeah, it doesn't take, in fact, you can have that machine, in theory, working 24 hours a day for Mm -hmm. you, which a person just can't do. So there's a lot of benefits if you make that initial investment into a machine that it can perform for you at a higher level, maybe more more productive level, let's say, Mm -hmm. than, than a person can. 
Yeah, and yeah. when the machine breaks down, you have a machine comes in and fixes the machine. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that, you know, obviously you can't just pop up a factory overnight and yeah. uh, and those jobs just come back overnight. So it'll, it'll take some time. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, there's a lot of finger pointing going on at specific companies, um, a lot of pressuring via social media to get get companies to, you know, build things here. That's another thing, though. Is you, you mentioned car car companies in particular, which have been singled out, um, I think, yeah, the most. Are. It's not like Just car companies. a car is, you know, all the parts are made and mm-hmm. assembled and all that in one place. It's There's this whole supply chain yeah. thing now Agreed. where it's, it's very... Um, Agreed. Multinational, you know, your car is probably made, in, if you really think about it, in several different countries. Well, according to the thing for like for my car, it was completely in the United States. But even though, I mean, the transmission might be in Kentucky, the, you know, the the engine might be in Minnesota. You know, it's just it's every you know, part in your car is made in the United States. Well, that's what they—the whole assembly. Yeah, assembly. see, that's what I'm saying. See, that's what I'm it saying. It can be assembled yeah. in a place, yeah. but all those other—the parts that go into that car are coming from, from all over. You yeah, know, yeah. some are coming from Mexico, some are coming right. from Canada, some are made here. That's like saying my IKEA furniture was made in San Luis Obispo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put you it put it together, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I always love that project because there's like these parts that are left over, and you're like, are these extra? Really? <laughs> what was that all about? Like, yeah, these? No. Do I need to tear it apart? No, I don't. <laughs> put that part piece in. Any hoozle. <laughs> um, let's yeah. see here. <laughs> yeah, so so jobs are obviously a focus going forward. GDP, you know, that's been another big thing in the headlines. Um, President Trump's targeting, you know, he's got some pretty bold targets of 4% growth. That'll be, that'll be nice if we can do that. Yeah. That'll be sweet. Um, Trump's a, Trump's a big thinker. He always has been right. So he's going to shoot for the moon and hit the stars and maybe we end up at three percent, which is 3% would be awesome. Fine for me. Yeah. And fine for me for those numbers. Well, even he said that we're going about it. To be honest, it's like, you know, I'm a negotiator and I start high and we kind of come in between sometimes. Yeah. Uh Yeah, indeed. He basically said that. What else did the news world give us this week, Dan? Was it home (laughs) sales? Yeah, there's a lot of homes data. I was going to say kind of in line with what we're talking about. There's as far as uh, economic growth goes and stuff, there was a lot of... uh, a lot of stuff in the news about our relations with Mexico and potential mm-hmm. tariffs and things like that mm-hmm. on goods. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could obviously affect GDP. Mm-hmm. Um, if if all of us, you know, I mean, basically that kind of, I I don't know what happened first, but there was talk that you know he'd really like to see the U.S. get out of these um, multi-partner trade deals and get into just one-on-one deals with all the countries. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than having NAFTA, where you're where you're getting Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. to all work together, yeah. yeah, he'd rather have a one-off with Mexico, a one-off with Canada, a one. You know, he met with the British Prime Minister um, yesterday, so a one-off deal with them, mm. and, and so on and so on. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. He pulled out a TPP, which was the Asian mm-hmm. um, trade yeah. trade deal. So. Yeah, it's... Um, well, I can kind of see that, if you don't mind my saying, because, you know, it seems like sometimes they 
might be like kind of a one size fits all kind of thing. And like, yeah, you know, the a deal with Mexico may be a completely different thing than a deal with Canada. I get the deal with, you know, Europe. I get the rationale when you're trying to right. incorporate the interests of multiple countries. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it may not be the best for any one country, you know, and I guess that's, um, yeah. So, you know, it's maybe like maybe business. there's advantages to be gained by just doing one-on-one deals where the benefits can be greater for the two participants rather than diluting the benefits for a larger number of participants. So I, I definitely get that, and, and I'm hopeful that that's the case. But I think it brings a lot of uncertainty to, you know, things like GDP or or employment even you know it, it kind of really hits the whole economy with with a lot of uncertainty yeah when you talk about these topics these national challenges that we have as americans you know how that trickles back into what you and i do every day dan is that there's s- people trying to buy homes can get a little nervous about you know what's going to happen the next three years certainly the next year and um on the flip side the Federal Reserve, who probably should start renewing their formula for how to calculate interest or inflation, in my opinion, is going to also be really stuck at the chalkboard trying to determine where their rates should go up, stay stay idle. And what, why am I saying all this? Because listeners, this is really, you know, fear is a part of making, or concerns are part of making a decision in real estate. You should have concerns. If you just buy real estate willy-nilly, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot that can go wrong, but I think it's an optimal time right now to execute, not just purchase transactions, but think about, you know, if you have multiple holdings, what you could be doing right now with some real estate financing, you know, it's interesting that you're taking us that direction. I've had, I've been working with a couple of friends who are looking to buy first homes. And the question that keeps coming up is about interest rates. And it's interesting to hear what they're hearing um, because not everybody's looking at the same news. You know, Mm -hmm. we're all getting it from different sources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a few people have, we got into conversations this week that, you know, they're wondering if all of this uncertainty is going to lead rates lower Mm -hmm. in the near term. And, you know, if, if doing something now is the right move or if waiting's, you know, better because of this prospect of rates going down. And it's, it's odd to me because I, I feel like we're fully engaged in a, in a rising rate environment. I I feel like we turned the corner some point late last year and Mm -hmm. that's the, you know, you're going to have bumps in the road as, as we go. But I think the overall trend going forward is higher interest rates. I think it's inevitable. We've been in a 30 year down cycle. It's about time we start going higher. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people would like to see that who've got money in savings and different investment accounts. They'd love to see higher rates. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting that, and usually that's the case when you have a lot of uncertainty, you see rates go down. So I get where people Mm -hmm. are coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of talk that that we might be also heading towards an inflationary environment, which would lead rates higher. It's very, we're just at this crossroads right now. Very interesting time. Yeah. I mean, from what I read, from what I drive, I do believe rates are going up. I also sit with a lot of developers here on the Central Coast and builders, and they're now starting, you know, on the forefront of their mind, worrying about the trade-off of 
purchase price versus rates and where they go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there's a whole discussion to be had there, Dan. I think what I would probably just say for right now is that when the people that make a lot, a lot of money are worried about rates, that that's probably a good thing or not a good thing. That's probably means it's, it's a prudent there's a sign. concern. Yeah. These people are analyzing it. I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars ride on them being able to sell a house at a certain price. And if the average person can't afford that price anymore because rates go up half a point, they have to drop their price to continue to be marketable. Sure. Let's let's expand on that part of our discussion here um, after this commercial break. We do have to take a quick time out to thank the sponsors. Again, if you'd like to participate in the the conversation today, ask a question, share a comment, um, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call in is 543-8830. We will be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 01839608. NMLS number 328358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. There's the. There we go. All right, we got it in. All right, all right. Having a nice little talk here with my colleague Mike Points. 
Um, we're, we've been, you know, discussing how we're now a, a full week into a new presidency, a lot of changes, um, a lot Media. of changes already happening, yeah. a lot of changes on the horizon. Um, and that uncertainty oftentimes will lead rates lower because there's some safety in bonds. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. we'll see that a lot, but right now, um, we're sitting with rates at a, at a recent high, I guess. I mean, not quite as high as right after the election, but right. they've go back down. Yeah. They moved back down. They've kind of moved a little higher since. So we're, we're sitting at this spot where there's people that we're actively engaged with in transactions who are wondering what direction rates are going. Um, you know, both of us, I think we're, we're agreeing that the longer term trend is for rates to move higher builders that you're talking to are feeling that way and, mm -hmm. and wondering how that's going to impact profits for, um, new construction that they're involved in. Um, I'd also like to add, just insert that, you know, volatility has not gone away. It's, it's a heartbeat of America now and volatility is like the key. So like in the next two weeks, if you're already sitting in an escrow transaction, great time to sit back and see what the rates do. I mean, I think the tenure is going to go down next week personally, just because of all this first week of like, holy smokes, Donald Trump's not sleeping and doing everything he can to disrupt. <laughs> right. Um, I, but you know, long term, yeah, a step up in rate is, is prudent and should, and honestly should happen. The couple of folks that I was telling you about who are engaged in purchases, asking about, you know, should I hold off and, you know, if rates are going down, if, that, you know, that's the, the word on the street. Yeah. My advice is a purchase isn't about rate. A purchase is about finding the right home mm -hmm. because the right home doesn't always, doesn't come along often, especially lately in, in this market that we've been in where well-priced homes are gone in under a month. Um, mm -hmm. You got, it's all about finding the right home. Once you're in that right home, then you can start to be picky about rate and look for a refinance opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, but it, you know, it's, it's about finding that right home. If you pass on what you think's the right home today, because you think rates are going to go down by a quarter of a percent a month or two from now, um, let, let's fast forward a month or two from now. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's not as good of a home out there. Maybe rates haven't moved lower like you had hoped. Right. You know, we, we're in the business looking at this stuff every day, and we rarely get it right. <laughs> I won't say rarely. I mean, we've got educated guesses, but it's it can go wrong and does go wrong sometimes. It's a living, breathing equation. That's what I tell people I sit down with. It's a living, breathing equation. We could think that we have every variable on the nose, and then one of them changes within three days. What I would also add to what you're saying is, on, especially on a purchase, Dan, is that, you know, believe it or not, people have their opinions of banks, but the bank is really your partner in the transaction, you know? Spend more time on figuring out what the right loan to value is. Spend more time on what you want to put down and what you want to have in cash when you're done. Spend more time leaning on your bank as a partner in this real estate transaction because buying a house is not buying a car. You're not going to go in and squabble with like this dealership guy that says, no, I want, I want 3.875 again. Cause it's gone. We can't just say, Oh, hold on. We're going to, I'm going to go talk to my manager and I'll come back and see if we can make that yeah. work. It, that's it's, it's a long-term purchase. It should be thought of as a long-term purchase buying and flipping. I'm not talking to you people. <laughs> I'm talking to the people that are looking to buy a home and start their real estate investment portfolio. I mean, that's really what you're doing.
right? Every time you go to Home Depot and get new baseboards or, you know, improve the front yard, you're, you're just adding money to your real estate portfolio. You're making that house better. So when you look, so when you sit down to sit with Dan or myself, don't just think of rates. Think of how you're going to get a scenario that benefits you long-term. Well, and realtors will tell you too that, you know, th- they rarely are discussing the interest rate environment with the the buyers they're working with. People are buying homes because there's a life event that's happened. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they, they got that dream job. They can afford the house now. They're, they feel stable. Maybe they, they got married and they're ready to, um, you know, settle down and, and add some stability to their life with, with their new partner. Um, perhaps they, they just had a kid. And, yeah. and they want stability. They want to be in the, the right school district for their family to grow up in. Um, Maybe they just got their 2016 tax uh, W-2 form and they're doing TurboTax this weekend and they realize they don't have a tax write-off. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. That mortgage interest is a great tax write-off. So there's a lot of, there's these life events that occur um, that that cause people to buy homes. It's not because rates are at 4% or whatever that people are buying homes. That's sure. rarely a part of the discussion. Any realtor that I've ever talked to, that's that's the message they convey. So, um, you know, for, for people who, for my friends who are out looking, that, that should be the, the last thing in their mind, and that's the message that I delivered to them. Um, I think this is a great time to segue into some of the, the housing data that came out this week um, to just kind of get a snapshot of what the housing market's looking like. I know industry-wise, it's pretty slow right now, <laughs> which is typical. You know, yeah. we typically head into the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, people stop, stop making the, the calls. People stop listing houses, um, because they don't want strangers coming through their house during the holidays when the weather's bad and they've Mm -hmm. got events planned and they're on the move, visiting family and stuff. It's not the right time. So we often see things slow down right now. Um, but as we, get into the um, beginning of this new year, we've seen purchase applications mm-hmm. on home mortgages. The applications rose 6% this past week. So we're starting to see now that we're through those hol- the holiday season that people are starting to think about making that purchase again. Yep. Um, so I'm, you know, this is typical. This is typical. You get, the, and, and because of the cycle of buying, it takes anywhere from 30, 60, sometimes as much as 90 days. Maybe if you're doing new construction, maybe like six months to, um, for that transaction to complete and you to actually be in that home. Um, you know, we see that lull over the holidays result in low activity in January, February, even into March. But now that people are starting to get the applications going here in January, that's a good sign for the second quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's going to be another busy year for purchases. In fact, uh, you know the the experts believe that this year will be a busier year for purchases than last year. Um, so with the, that's interesting. With the continued low inventory nationwide, yeah, I was just going to say that's interesting. You know, this is where we're going to get into that discussion we were starting on. With you know, even though rates might be moving higher, we've still got the supply issue, and yeah, and you know, it, which one's gonna, what's gonna, are either of those going to impact? the the rate of appreciation that we've seen over the last several years. I mean, it's it's slowed a little bit. It was double digits there for a few years, but yeah. last last year, I think roughly around six percent appreciation, still higher than normal. Yeah, 
I was at a dinner on um, Wednesday night for the Home Builders Association board members and member appreciation dinner out at Trilogy. They did a great job, that restaurant out at um, Trilogy slash Monarch Dunes in Napomo, California. And uh, Jordan Cunningham was our keynote speaker, the new assemblyman of the 35th district. Um, probably one of his first speak speaking events as our new assemblyman. And he really hit on what his major goals are is to help builders reduce this $1.2 million shortage of homes. 1.2 million new homes shortage just in California, you know, and with us, what we're focusing on here in the state, it's, it's really important to understand that, you know, new homes are important, not just because they create jobs, but because they create opportunities for you. People who are like just banging your head against the wall. Why can't I find a home that's, you know, reasonably priced that I can get into. And every time there is one, I got to fight over two or three other people making the same offer, if not higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's why it's interesting to me when you say that the, the purchases are going to increase. It's just like, I, it's this weird conundrum. Well, what we've seen a lot over the years is when we get into a rate cycle where rates start to move higher, it's really a call to action. The people who are thinking, you know, should I be thinking about buying a home? Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm a year out or so. It kind of motivates them that, well, if rates are going to be going higher, yeah, the I might life. as well do it sooner than later, um, especially when you're seeing values continue to go higher. Sure. I mean, it, it, it really often, often what we see is that rates start to move higher, applications start to increase. You know, it's a motivator. It's a call to action for people. Yeah. So I think that's the rationale behind the the projection for this year is that it's just going to motivate people to 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 make that purchase that they were otherwise putting off. Um, we had some other housing data here. We had existing home sales come out. Existing home sales actually fell almost three percent in December. Um. I believe that is a month-over-month -month number, so that's, again, not surprising. That's mm -hmm. the time of the year when we do see a drop-off in sales. Um, number of houses on the market fell 11%. Supply fell from 3.9 months to 3.6 months. I read that, too. So, the, you know, this is all speaking to that that issue that we're talking about. It's the lack of inventory. Um coupled with the call to action due to higher rates is going to, it, it's probably still going to put some up, upward pressure on prices this year. Um, I, I, I still wonder at what point are we going to hit this equilibrium where it just becomes unaffordable for buyers to afford homes at much higher values. I, I especially when rates are rising. So the payments are going up. Yeah. Where's that point? Is it coming soon? Is it still a few years off? Well, we see Fannie and Freddie, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, uh, try to combat against that that moment you're talking about, Dan, by doing things like allowing parents to come on the loan as non-occupant co-borrowers. You know, allowing a full the full down payment to be a gift. 
which that helps you buy that home, but it doesn't solve the problem of, well, my payment's going to be 2800 bucks a month. Correct. Is that something I'm comfortable with? That's a very good point. You know, yeah, I can go get my parents to help me qualify for that $2,800 a month payment. Yeah. Unless they're actually going to kick in 500 bucks a month. Is that something that I'm comfortable with? Yeah. That's a, that's a big True. amount to pay. I mean, it's kind of the norm, though, honestly, yeah. that $3,000 here a month range. It's, in this, and especially in San Luis proper, um, I can't speak for, you know, South County or, or North County, but in San Luis proper, it's $1,000 a room, you know? So it's it's interesting for rent. to um, it'll be interesting to see if that point of where maybe prices have to have to plateau um, just to balance out the rising rates. It'll I mean you're you're right there meeting with builders sure. weekly. Um, you you already curve. started to say that they're concerned about the rate environment and what it might mean for prices. Yeah, a yield curve flattening is going to happen two reasons like exactly what we're talking about affordability and purchasing power no one's getting these wage increases to keep up with the appreciation increase right the appreciation increase last year i'm reading currently on all homes that they took this is just the population sample sizes just from homes that were financed with um freddie mac and fannie mae loans and fha loans um rose six percent year over year just the, just the houses that were financed with conventional and government loans. And so, you know, we can't keep up with that appreciation. Here in the county from about, and I saw this, you know, hand raised, I saw this from about May till October, we were experiencing a 1% growth almost monthly. Hmm. In San Luis, I was seeing houses that were, you know, going up in price in the same neighborhoods by about 1% when they would be listed after a house that sold a month prior. Hmm. Wow. That's incredible. I think numbers countywide for the year showed about right around a 6% um, year over year increase in prices. But yeah, that's a, that's a, we have to tell these listeners one quick tidbit though. You know, here's what happens when the appraiser comes out to, appraise market value for this home. Is this a reasonable value? First thing they get is a copy of the purchase agreement. Well, that purchase agreement will disclose that there's been multiple offers on this home where it started a listing price of, let's say, 550 and multiple people made offers, and now it's, you know, it, it's in contract at 561 And it's hard for the appraiser not to say, well, right off the bat, there's a market for this price. Three people bid it up 11 grand. Yeah. One of our other loan officers is working on a purchase down in Royal Grande. Um, the home was purchased last year mm -hmm. for, uh, I think it was 630, right around 630. And today, a year later, it's being sold for 790. No way. Granted, these folks did a very extensive remodel. Okay. It was a flip, basically. Okay. They, they went in, they they did huge remodel. Beautiful, beautiful home. Um, it's an interesting but there being price. there's a lot of scrutiny on that yeah. because it is a rapid increase in value. But as long as you can justify it with all the improvements made, not a problem. But still, it's just the underwriters asking questions. We've provided the list of um, sure of the improvements that were made to justify it. Had the appraiser comment on on the value of those improvements and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's all making sense. Mm -hmm. 
this was a multiple offer situation. They want a competitive offer. If nothing speaks to the market value right. of a home, is it not the winning offer in a multiple offer situation? That's the market value. That People were fighting for that home Correct. at that price. Correct. So it's uh, it's still a wild market. Interestingly enough, from this existing home sales um, re- reading from this week, there was a note in here that um, the lack of supply isn't necessarily meaning continued price increases. The median price for this monthly, uh, this month of December reading was down 0.9%. Um, and so the yearly rate for existing home sales was uh, at just 4%, an increase of 4%. So kind of interesting there um, that the median price, it could just be that you know, so median price is the middle sale. So it could just be that there were more, um, you know, lower priced homes sold in the month of December. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that prices are falling, but it's interesting. Something to keep our eye on. Yeah. And, and since you're keeping, since you mentioned keeping your eye on these things for our listeners, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, the FHFA, has a great house pricing index. They abbreviate it as HPI, but Essentially, it's what we're talking about. It's it's an index that tracks the year-over-year seasonal adjustments to sales, and it's it's quite an index to follow, especially if you're considering selling your house soon. Yeah, that FHFA um, home price index is really a good one because it doesn't just look at purchase transactions. It's looking at all, all mortgage transactions. It's looking at appraisals that are uploaded to Fannie Mae's um, uniform data portal, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyways, <laughs> basically, this is this is a reading of every appraisal that's done with conventional financing, yeah. which is a huge amount. I mean, this is taking into account all refinance appraisals mm-hmm. and all purchase appraisals mm-hmm. that are financed with conventional financing, which is the majority of what's going on. So it's really giving a, a good, accurate reading. And that's... It, it's a phenomenal resource. It differs from the other popular um, home price index, the Case and Schiller home price index, which really only looks at purchases. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, this is a... The FHFA one's really good, and it shows that year-over-year growth was uh, at 6.1%. Great. So yeah. kind of right what we're talking about here. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, still um, an above normal appreciation out there for 2016. Um, still a short supply out there. When you're talking three months of supply, that's that's very low. Normal is, I think, six to nine months worth of supply. Um, and marketing times are very short. I have some data which we could go into. It's a... It, statistics for slow county over the past um, year for all of 2016 that shows marketing times you know marketing times around the county are right around 60 70 days something like that but that takes into account a lot of the um, very expensive homes in our county tell me what a marketing time is dan so it's from the time the property's listed to the time the property's in contract okay days on market just a contract yeah days on market once that thing goes pending that's um that's your days on market so, so if it falls out of that escrow or that transaction contract, then it still kind of starts over. No, not necessarily. Amends. No, because it's like the listing. When you're looking at that listing on the MLS, gotcha. it has the days on market. Um, if right. if that thing went pending and then goes back to active, it's still, mm-hmm. you know, the counter keeps counting. 
Um, but thank you counter, you know, we're seeing somewhere between 60 and 70 days is the, the median days on market for County for our County here, mm -hmm. which, um, you have to factor in that there's a lot of million plus homes, which those take longer to sell. You know, there's less buyers for that category. So those typically take longer and that's skewing that number higher. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You also have the funky properties that I'm talking about. The ones where you have to walk through the bedroom to get to the backyard. Oh yeah. Um, those ones don't sell real quickly. So those, you know, lead that, that days on market a little higher. Sure. And then, um, you know, you have properties that just aren't priced well. Those ones lead that number higher. So when we're talking about the home that doesn't have the functional obsolescence, meaning it's just a nice layout, it makes sense, mm -hmm. flows well, um, it's priced well, it's got, you know, decent appeal. It might not be the nicest home, but it's not a total junker either. You know, that, that median home that's priced well, that one's flying off the shelves. Yeah. So if it even makes it to the show, right. A lot of times, you know, you get these pocket listings where yeah. f they, they hold it for a weekend trying to find the buyer themselves, um, before they finally let it hit the MLS. Absolutely. You know, a lot of times those sell in a couple of days or a week or something like that. So that, that's the market we're in right now. Still. It's not going to change until we build more homes. Yeah. Um, you know, or you go out and find a home that you want to renovate and make new. Right. You know? Which I think is going to be a good segue into our uh, discussion in the next hour, which is uh, about those rehab loan programs. There's a couple of great ones that are really, really cool. So we're they're quite amazing. Just a teaser. Yeah. Um, Get your power tool stuff done now. <laughs> I did have some, let's see, this is from the Tribune. So the Tribune's looking at CoreLogic, which is a big data compiler in the real estate industry. They also do things like they provide credit reports and flood certs and all kinds of different mortgage and real estate related data and research and stuff like that. Um, but according to CoreLogic, we saw the median home price in Slow County. I've been holding on to this article for a little while, just probably some newer data. This is for November. Um, it was up to $510,000. In fact, why am I even reading that? I got we, better stuff. We have the internet. Yeah. We we actually use a great local resource. It's slowcountyhomes.com. It's yes. a great resource. It's put out by Keith Bird. He's a realtor at Patterson Realty. Um, he a past actually guest. He's a past guest, been on the show a couple of times, and he's a, he's from the Silicon Valley. He's he was a dot comer guy. He was all about Sun tech. Microsystems. Is that what he was? He's like employee number thirty-one. So yeah, he he brought his tech expertise to the mortgage to the real estate industry, seeing a void, and really um, has come up with a great website. And shortly after month end each month, his website's already got all the statistics you could want. And so that's where we pull yeah. a lot of our data. And so I think next week on our website, centralcoastlending.com, we're getting ready to publish. Um, a number of reports that we, we do these quarterly um, just to give you the information about what's going on with housing. We focus on number of sales, median home price, uh, the, the list price versus sales price percentage to see how close to the list price things are selling for, um, average price per square foot, days mm -hmm. on market, things like that. So our figures that we're about to publish on our website next week 
um, shows that the median home price for San Luis Obispo County was $555,000 to end the year. Five fifty-five, and that's up from five twenty-five from the year prior at this time. So a, a healthy, healthy increase in sales. That's right, about six percent. Yeah, still right around that six percent figure. Um, we see the average price per square foot for the county was right around three hundred and forty dollars per square foot. It's really interesting when you start breaking it down by city, which we do. Um, you know, some some of the cities price per square foot's quite incredible. Um, Cayucas being one of the most expensive at over six hundred dollars a square foot. Um, Avila Beach, right right under six hundred dollars a square foot. Pismo Beach, at five hundred dollars a square foot. You know, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, right around four hundred and thirty dollars a square foot. Yeah. And when I tell people who are looking to buy homes, think about this price per square foot metric. That's a great way to gauge if the home is reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. And then you start to go up or down from that number based on the amenities of the home. Yeah, I'd also say be aware of like, you know, especially like in Pismo Beach, these houses are like 1,100 square feet. Yeah, and Cayucas, same thing. Prime lots near the Pacific Ocean. So you pay a premium for that, yeah, for the views, exactly. for the proximity exactly. to beaches and things like that. You the definitely square pay. footage is a function that you're deriving price from the actual unit, the house, the structure. But when you walk out the front door, are you like, man, it feels good to be a Californian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you usually are. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's not a coincidence that a lot of the um, communities in our county that have the highest price per square foot are those beach communities. Cayucas, yeah. Avila Beach, Pismo Beach, Morro yeah. Bay, Cambria. You know, they're, those are all in the, the upper end of price per square foot. Yeah. Um, so, but it's a great way when you're out looking, when you see the the 1200 square foot home that's you know priced at you know $700 a square foot you got to kind of wonder if that thing's a little overpriced i don't think that's going to yeah yeah that it might not make a lot of sense now if they've done some amazing improvements you know we've got marble and we've got you know all the finest building materials known to man and um and and we it's just, got the incredible right. view, and it's got the nice lot on the on the quiet street. You know, then maybe maybe it starts to be a little more reasonable. But it's a great way to at least start to begin the process of understanding: is this a reasonably priced home? Yep. That's that's where an appraiser starts. They start with that price per square foot Certainly. metric, and then adjust up and down from there. It's where your agent should start too. Your realtor really will help you with that process. You know. Yeah. Here's why it's more. It may not appraise for this. So, um, yeah, I've, I've got all these reports just for my final approval here before they get published next week. So look for that on our website at centralcoastlending.com. You can go to the, re- the real estate blog that we have. Um, I think there's a, a category that's specifically real estate reports, and you can get all this great information um, starting next week on our website. There's, uh, they're broken down. We break, so if we have an overview of the county, and then we break the county into five sections. We have the North County, we've got the North Coast, we've got San Luis Obispo City, we've got the five cities area, and then we've got the South County, which actually brings in a lot of Northern Santa Barbara County as well. Mm-hmm. We get into San Inez, Buellton, Santa Maria, all those areas as well. Mm-hmm. They all, we all, you know, we really should redraw the county. 
Oh no. <laughs> just makes sense. They're part of us. They're like on that right note. there. Just put our arm around them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of good information out there. We've got it from a, a great local source, and we'll be publishing it next week. So I hope you guys find it as interesting as I do. I love it. You do love it. You're you're a data fiend. Yeah. Some just for those but of you, you provide you provide us with great content based on. I mean, some people just look at this data and say, "What is all? This what does it mean?" mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the more affordable areas to buy a home, Los Osos, uh, price per square foot at three hundred and sixty six dollars a square foot. You're um, gonna see a lot of offers. No, there. these are highest. What am I doing? Yeah. Lowest Santa Maria uh, was at two twenty five a square foot. Paso Robles, 260 a square foot. Tascadero, 277 a square foot. Napomo, just over $300 a square foot. So these are the areas where you can get a little more bang for your buck, get a bigger home, a little more affordable. Does it show Lompoc? Uh, Lompoc is kind of... I... Be in that kind of area. I have I Solvang, I have Buellton. Mm-hmm. Um, Buellton's at 350 Solvang's at 373 uh, I don't know why I don't have Lompoc on there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit too far down. Well, yeah, maybe that's maybe, maybe that's why. Did you type in Lompoc? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not on here. <laughs> Sorry. Or San Luis Obispo. Got to draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's that. Providing providing that these listeners are engaged and want to stick around for the next hour. We're going to talk about renovation loans, the opportunity to acquire a home that may be dilapidated or uninhabitable, get funds to, on top of purchasing the home, funds to renovate the home, make it Think livable. Chip and Joanna Gaines. I know you guys Think know who I'm HGTV talking about. HGTV people. Yeah. We're going to tell you how to do it when we come can, back. You can do your own fixer-upper. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with another hour of Mortgage Matters. Stick with us. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. If you leave me, I won't miss you. And I won't ever take you back. Girl, your memory won't ever haunt me. I got some All right, all right. See, you get it? You know, my, 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 my hook here. Nice. All right, folks. Welcome back. Having a nice conversation here. I'm sure enjoying it. Certainly. I hope you are, Likewise. too. Likewise. Um, again, if you'd like to participate, 543-8830. I know it's the first sunny weekend we've had in quite a while, but, you know, you can bring the radio outside. Yeah, right. the Walkman. It's, we're the portable Walkman. on 96.5 FM now, too. That's right, 96.5 FM. Did you know that, Mike? We're on AM and FM now. Woo. Yeah. 96.5. Bonafide. That's where it is. Hey, there was one more housing number I forgot to mention, and that was new home sales. Mm-hmm. That was another data point that came out this week. Another kind of a bummer bummer one. It was uh, December sales of 
new single-family homes was down over 10%, much more than expected. Like I said, we expect it to go down in December because of the time of year. Don't expect it to go down 10%. (laughs) That's a lot. So the annualized rate was... Only sorry, I forgot to apply to, I forgot to bring down something on the board here. here we are. On a sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Tune up the next thing and just like forgot. Oh yeah, it's still on the air. It's still on the air. It kind of worked. Turn it down. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're good now. Uh, <laughs> the annualized Live rate radio. of sales is uh, only five hundred and thirty-six thousand, way below what we want. Um, and another little downer point of this report was that the year-over-year sales rate for new homes had had been in the double digits um it's now negative at negative 0.4 percent yeah so sad new home sales having a rough time so you're the first person to live in it yeah that's what a new home sales is not looking so hot no but there's opportunities out there to make a used home. We call them existing homes. They're there. Someone's yep. been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, to make that existing home just like a new home. That's right. And you can do it upon purchasing it with one loan. You don't have to go buy the home and then get a construction loan and then refinance out or of the construction loan. Line of credit yeah, you don't or, have to do that. Yeah. There's loan programs that allow you to buy the home and fix it up all at once, and then you can just move right on in to a nice, like-new home. That's right. And there's, you're going to talk about a couple of those programs. Yeah, so. there are. There's So there's government loans that provide this, this opportunity. They're known as FHA loans. You might hear them. You might have heard the buzzword, looked up uh, 203K. There's an FHA 203K loan. There's two types of those loans, and then there's also a conventional loan, which is um, really quite great. It's titled as its marketing name is known as the Homestyle Loan, but uh, we usually loosely refer to it as a renovation loan. These are all renovation <coughs> loans, but um, the main the main thing that you want to really understand with these loans is that they are you're able to use them for purchases and refis. Uh, we more commonly see them as refis, but you can purchase as a owner-occupied home. You can purchase a second home. Think of that home in Tahoe that you just drove by that looks like it's about to fall over. You can buy that piece of property. And very, very cool, you can purchase them as an investor. Now, each of these, as an investor, you can go in, you can find a home where you can negotiate price with that seller based on the condition of the property. During the course of of the escrow, you can determine with your contractor what you need to do to fix it up. And we would um, have an appraiser and a HUD inspector sit with you and determine what the estimated final value will be. And we can lend you the money to both acquire the property and start right after the close of escrow, the improvements to fix the foundation that otherwise wouldn't close in escrow because the foundation is an issue, fix the roof, add the garage that you think is necessary, add the fourth bedroom that you think is necessary. So it's pretty neat. What we're going to do is uh, I think the best way to approach this today is not go into every little detail like it's a lecture because there's a lot of detail to go over. 
But um, hit on some of the key target points. Dan, I, I want to talk about quickly the 203K, the two options. And then I want to spend most of our time today talking about the conventional loan because I do think is it a much better loan long-term for the borrower. Um, and that is mainly because FHA loans, no matter what your loan-to-value is, you have to have that life-of-loan life of mortgage insurance. You know. So let me let me kind of kick this off in a Q&A style format here. Let's do that. Um, are there limitations to either A, the types of improvements you can make, and B, the dollar amount of improvements you can make? Great. So first, the type of improvement. On a 203K loan, um, excuse me, on all these loans, the... The only limitation on the type of improvement you can make is that you can't build a new structure that is not attached to the original structure. So you can't build the detached garage with the unit over the top. Yes. Ironically enough, or should I say comically enough, you can have those two structures attached through some type of breezeway. Oh. That's qualified. Interesting. Yeah. And I've discussed that with a borrower in Cayucos already. But you can't go and say... What about like a pergola? Is that? I mean, I'm serious. Uh, it has to be affixed to the property. So okay. it can't be touching the two. It has to be affixed. So, okay. And uh, Interesting. And, you know, I want to add, this is a one main reason why beforehand we start the construction, we go into having a HUD inspector meet with you on your choice. We give you a list of these HUD inspectors. And that HUD inspector's duty is to tell you, you know, this would be an affixed, you know, addition. Can't do new construction, has to be additions or remodeling or renovation. And the reason I even... So there's a limitation there. I bring up that difference. A breezeway, I feel like, is something that's got like a a roofed thing. Correct. It's protected from rain, whereas a Correct. pergola is more just like a, you know, a structure that's... Of course. The elements can get through. It's got the slats yeah. where you can have like cool plants growing through them or... So as long as it's affixed and it joins the two structures, it could... That's a little loophole for you. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And so <clears> you <throat> can... Um, and then you asked about dollar amount, and this is an important one. So the renovation costs, just the renovation costs, not like just the acquisition, just the repair renovation costs are um, limited to 50% of what the as-completed value is going to be. So if you buy the house, you acquire this house for 300000 you're going to borrow 100000 That's your renovation cost to borrow for construction. Excuse me. You're going to borrow to buy the house, but you're going to itemize the amount, the budget for construction. That's your renovation cost. So if you borrow, if you buy a $300,000 house and you need $100,000 to put into it, you're going to borrow $400,000. That works. Yeah. That's your now, loan amount. Now you can that renovation cost that you're adding into the house to make it better, larger, et cetera, cannot be more than 50% of what the final completed value is. So if you buy, same scenario, you buy this home for 300,000, <clears> I want to do extensive remodeling. Right. I want to add square footage. Yep. My final to be completed value is going to be $600,000. That means I need $300,000 for renovations. That's that works. Just for renovation. I can double the value of that home basically. As, yep, and you'll That's be sweet. That is sweet, but you'll be governed by the <clears throat> ultimate loan to value at the end. Sure. So and and that's the last limitation and I'm so glad you asked this question first. It's the lesser of two. You have to have a 
for a conventional loan, you have to have 5% down on the purchase agreement or the estimated value. So usually it's going to be the purchase agreement. So you can't like build the equity in, oh, I bring no money down because the house is worth 600000 and my loan's only 400000 You still have to put at least 5% down. Now, when you're done, if the completed value gives you, the borrower, an 80% loan-to-value or lower, in other words, saying you have 20% equity or more, you do not have mortgage insurance when we're done. That's cool. Yeah, very neat. Um, looks like we have a local contractor calling <laughs> we in. Do. We've got, yeah, we do. Yeah, Dan Ferreira's calling in. Hey, good morning, Dan. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing great. Dan, thanks for calling in. Calling this, yeah, I was calling out this program because I have a couple clients working with it right now, and I wanted to encourage people to look into it because it's really kind of a solution for the fact that so much of the inventory these people want to buy, first-time home buyer, step up, it needs major work. There's just an aging inventory in our town. Yeah. And, you know, so many people buy a home, they have me come look at their dream list of what they want to do. They get in and realize they have zero cash and they don't do any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're stuck, you know, for a number of years living in the 1960s house that they can't really touch. Right. So they don't have the cash to do it. I'm, I'm glad you're calling in. Um, I'm really curious to get the builder's perspective on working with clients who are using this loan program. Do you... Are you just like, oh, God, it's such a nightmare to get the draws, to to get the money, to pay the stuff? I mean, is it does it work well? Does the money get paid out in the right timing and all that kind of stuff? I, it's pretty comparable to a, a new construction loan or any other program I've, I've been a part of. I mean, there's way more paperwork than a cash contract or someone using a HELOC, you know, but that, all that paperwork gives the homeowner protection. Sure. Yes. And Good it, point. it gives the, the people loaning the money protection. So it's there for a reason. Um, but I definitely consider it when we get going, like, hey, this is going to be about 100 more administration hours than a cash contract. But that's okay. That's just the world of finance, I guess. I mean, sure. Right. And, and Dan, I think that the value for you is that you get the opportunity to turn that 1960s house into like what we're talking about, the HDTV like product. You know, where, oh, yeah. where it's now that that person that was considering maybe listing their house, selling their house and moving up and buying more house and i.e. buying more property tax payments now lives in a house in a neighborhood for 10 years longer. Right. Right. And I think a lot of the starter homes people are going after uh, or second homes, uh, I mean, second like move up home, you know, it works great until they have three kids and then they're just, you know sitting there twiddling their thumbs going, man, I wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to keep it small, but there's five bodies in this house. This isn't working. You know, there's right. going to do something. Plus a dog. Um, yeah, yeah I always I always think one of the hardest things to find in any of the areas of our county is the four-bedroom home. There's a lot of three-bedroom homes out there, a lot of two-bedroom homes. But, man, that fourth bedroom when you've got two kids or it's always nice to have that extra bedroom. Yeah. Um, it's a hard thing to find. This is a great loan to solve that problem. Yeah. And the other part I've seen is that if someone tries to do the remodel with cash, they're always sticker shocked at what it takes. Um, when you finance that money, it opens up all sorts because they're going to have a great product when they're done with the project. They're going to have equity. They use, most of the projects we do, they have more equity when they finish than when they started. Yeah. It's just a matter of where did that, that cash come from? And then uh, on top of that, when you're doing a thirty or forty or fifty thousand dollar little 
remodel, you really don't get much for, you know, you don't get a lot of bang for your buck. If you can find a way through this program to spend 150, you, all of a sudden you're adding two bedrooms to the bath. You're getting a lot for your money. So Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that really quick, Dan. So just let's say uh, someone has a 3-2 and they, and they add a fourth bedroom and maybe a half bath. Um, not so much with regards to value, but what does that take if, if everything goes with the obvious setbacks and the typical timeline, you know, restrictions, what does that take you to build that? So when they walk in, like we've met on several clients, Mike, um, when they walk in with an idea, basically we line up our timeline with a program like this so we can develop a concept and a budget, then they can get started on the financing wing while we, while we permit so we typically need four to five months to get a permit issued and then another, you know, four to five months to build a project like that. So it's under a year from the day you start if you've got the, if everything lines up well and is executed well. And that's encouraging because there's so many horror stories out there. Under right. a year, you can have that project done and be living in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a football team. you got to go to practice and get ready to execute so that you know what you're doing when it's time to actually start the loan, start the course of construction you know, have the quote unquote game day. I think right. with, with you though, I, I have to give kudos to you, Dan. I've, I've sat with you before in these meetings and you know, you're, you're a true contractor in the sense of you understand how people have desires, but you also realize what that means on a budget sheet. We sat down with a, a mutual client and I, the kudos is, you know, you understand how this program works. It's difficult for me to work with contractors when, they don't understand how the financing works. You've obviously done this enough times that you could sit with a homeowner and explain to them, hey, here's a reasonable budget, and we could get this funded through one of Central Coast Lending's loans. So I, I think... Yeah, we're almost reverse engineering the solution. We're looking at how much money could they get. We need to make sure that what we design appraises enough and that the actual budget to execute doesn't, doesn't exceed that, that program, and then we design to that. Yeah. Excellent. Dan, yeah. th thanks so much for calling in. It was really nice. That was Dan Ferreira with um, Ferreira, Ferreira Construction. Construction Inc. Sorry, my <laughs> tongue got tied there. <laughs> thanks, Dan. Um, yeah, so, you know, you asked about limitations. One of the last limitations is it's it's a conventional loan. So each county has its conventional loan limits, Dan. So you asked, you said, oh, man, that's sweet. I could buy a $300,000 home and put... $200,000 of improvements into it and still be fine? The answer is yes, if that final loan amount is at or below whatever your county's loan loan maximum limit is. Now, recently, uh, I think beginning for January 1, the um, the county loan limits were changed. They, they were moved they higher were. for both the conforming and the high balance limit. Yeah. So does the... Do these rehab loan programs work with the high balance limit? Yes, they do. So the high balance limit now for San Luis Obispo County um, is 586500 That's right. So it seems like that 600000 is right in the wheelhouse of what would work with that high balance, you know, 5% down kind of situation. Yep. Um, yep. And for those of you who care, the uh, the conforming loan limit is, has been moved from four hundred and seventeen thousand up to four twenty four one hundred. That's right. So those are the two limits to keep in mind right. when you're when you're doing financing. Yeah, and and it's really what what's neat about this that there's a cast. You know, 
I kind of set this up like a play. There's a cast in, in this play, in this narrative, where you've got the lender. The lender is actually not Central Coast Lending in this case because they deal with a lot of the accounting and administration after we close. They'll actually write the checks to um, to your contractor. And this is, a, this is any Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac lender who has two years of direct experience originating and servicing renovation loans. You can't just go down to like Chase Bank and say, hey, I heard this on the radio. I want to do one unless they have the experience. There's the loan, there's the loan officer played by uh, your very own Dan Podesto or Mike Points from Central Coast Lending. There's a certified HUD inspector. And this is great. This, is, this will be the borrower's third-party advocate. During the process of the construction, they communicate with the bank on your behalf to see how progress is going. They also help, for lack of a better word, govern or, you know, keep the contractor on task to what was on the budget, you know, and also they, they make sure that they're, they're mentioning things like the affixate, the fixed breezed way, or, you know, you can't really build a second structure. You know, yeah. You're not going to be able to do this now before correct, you start like getting an appraisal and things of that nature. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Is there a, a six month timeline to complete after closing the loan? Great question. Uh, renovation loans, with exception, can go as high as 12 months. Oh, okay. Here is the exception. The property is uninhabitable for a period of time in the from the beginning, the closing of the loan. I see. So there's, they know that there's a process to build. There's a process to move you in. There's a process to make improvements. Okay. That would be your main exception. Usually it's six months or less. Okay. Because it's not a new construction. It's an addition. It's a renovation. It's... Re- it's doing what they do on HGTV with those sledgehammers. Yeah. You know? Um, the other the other role is the contractor. We just heard from a local contractor, Dan Ferreira. Um, and they they have to have a resume that shows that they can do both new and renovation construction. So they have to provide a resume. There's a contract for them to sign. And lastly, the borrower, you know, who's played by the listeners out there. And what the borrowers do is, you know, really you've got to have a, a realistic expectation and you've got to sit back for the ride. There's going to be permits. There's going to be loan estimates that we do with you. And there's going to be final um, decisions to be made on cuts for the budget. But like you said, Dan, the beauty of this is you close escrow at a 4.5 or 4. Actually, these are more around 4.75 to 4.95 interest rates for 30-year fixed mortgages. You're done. As soon as that construction starts, if you're living in the house, you start paying the mortgage like a regular mortgage. You're not making check payments to a contractor because that's going to be done through your bank. And if the house is deemed uninhabitable, you can actually not live in the house for up to six months. And you can borrow money to pay rent. You can borrow money to, um, instead of making your mortgage payment, you can have your mortgage payment rolled into the loan. So, um, the what? I have another question for you, please. Uh, um, and I, I do know that we need to take a break here soon. Um, is there an opportunity to um, do you have to work with a contractor, or you know, right. let's say I'm pretty handy, I can I can do all of the different things myself. Can I act as my own general? The answer is yes and no. Okay. So first of all, anyone that's on the deed cannot be the contractor for the project. Let's say, let's, can I ha- hire my dad? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Your dad can give you what's known as friendly pricing. They actually call it that. So you can, you have to have, it has to be somewhat reasonable pricing, but it can be heavily discounted. And 
the banks don't care if you put in your sweat equity, but you can't be getting paid as a laborer for your sweat equity. Their governance is, if you want to do improvements on your own, Dan, would be up to 10% of the estimated completed costs so, or completed value. Okay. So if your final value is 500000 when this thing's all done and you've got this thing decked out to the nines is 500000 you can only complete yourself up to $50,000 worth of work. I see. So you have to involve some subcontractors. Yeah. But you're, but yeah, if it was your dad, you'd have to involve subcontractors. Okay. Exactly. It could be a, a good, good friend that's not on the deed. Um, but we don't want owner builder opportunities for this loan. Okay. And especially if it's an investment property, you can't work on it at all. I see. It has to be just a contractor. So owner occupied or second home, you can work up to 10% of the estimated final value. If it's an investment property, meaning you're not going to live in it, you're going to collect rents as soon as we're done, you cannot get in there and, and get your hands dirty. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the FHA version of this program doesn't allow for the friendly pricing um, from a family member or you doing the work yourself. You yeah. have to use a, a unrelated non or arm's length, let's arm's length contractor. Yes. If it's the full, so there's a two thir- 203K full. And if it's the streamline, you can do up to $32,000. I'll have to double check. 35,000. 35,000. Thank you. Of your own work, but it can't be electrical work and it can't be plumbing. Okay. So in the, the, that's the streamline. So you can get in and, you know, knock out a couple walls, fix some things, add, add some appliances, but you can't add anything to the circuit box and you can't play around with the plumbing. Okay. It's pretty neat. There's more and more to talk about, but I think we do have to take a break for our yep. sponsors. Yes, we do. It's uh, it's about 1030. We're going to step aside for just a couple moments, and we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. I see you at our kids' Little League games, I bump into you at the grocery store, and it's always fun when we pass each other at Farmer's Market. I'm not a national bank or a faceless website. I'm a local lender, accountable, competitive, and ready to help. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Oh, see, you got it now, right? Yeah, yeah. George Harrison. George Harrison got a lot. But the most underrated of the Beatles right here, I think. Oh, he's the writer. There it is. Yeah. All right, we're He's having breaking a, it down for you. That's, that's, that's George it's going to take money, man. Time. It's going to take time. There it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah, see? But you can do it. You can build your dream home. With these great rehab loan programs. That track should have been called Renovation Loan. <laughs> yeah. There it is, yeah. <laughs> this has been yeah. our theme to start the year. We're trying to uh, remind you of the different opportunities that aren't just your cookie-cutter uh, conventional financing loan. There's a lot of other creative yeah. loan programs out there. Right. Um, so, you know, I think we had another loan officer, Anthony Rodriguez, was on a couple weeks ago talking about some down payment assistance opportunities um, to get into a home with, with very little money out of pocket. And today we're focusing on the rehab loan, taking that that house that needs a little a, a little fixing, a, a little a little imagination um, to get it to be that dream home that you want it to be. Yeah. So that you can stay there long term and and fit the needs of your lifestyle and your family, um, without having to deal with the whole, you know, purchase and then a construction loan and live through the construction. It's just it can be a total nightmare. Yeah, I mean that literally breaks people up. It's such a stressful process. It's so much easier to find the home fix the home and then move into the home. Yep. I know you said a lot of people do it as a refinance, um, but boy, would it be cool to just have that imagination of how the home you're about to buy could be the dream home and just do it right at the beginning. Oh man, how exciting. The real coup de gras moment in my book is 25% down house in a neighborhood that would be perfect for renting in you build the sucker out and then you at the close of construction get tenants in there and now you've only put 25% down on a house that yields you more rent sure on your 25% down yeah that's cool and you you're looking at your stock market saying where is this thing going take out 25% of a purchase price and let us lend you the rest to to yield you some good income yeah there's there's so much you can do with this we were talking in the break um you know, some of the things I see on these these shows on HGTV, the fixer uppers, the flipper flop yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, um, you know, is, is some of the like outdoor living space. That's stuff. right. You know, they'll put in pools or water features or barbecue pits or yeah. fire pits. Is that stuff that you can do with this? Or are we only limited to what's inside the four walls? That is the one thing that you can do to improve the existing structure that's not attached. So landscaping is part of this whole deal. Landscaping, waterscaping, pools. That is so hardscaping. Hardscaping, you can do the rock stuff. So you do have to, keep in mind, you do have to have all this stuff add some value to your home, but most of the time it does. Yeah. Most of the time it does. And and what is better 
than a swimming pool in July in San Luis Obispo because it is like 78. <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot here, boy. It's so hot. I'm you. But really, yeah. our friends over the grade oh, yeah. need this because That's when talk we about hot. All of a sudden, yeah, I'll drive up to your house. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. You've got the pool. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's incredible. I mean, that's some of the things that really takes a house from just the the useful um, abode to the, I mean, it's your retreat at home. You, oh, yeah. You know, you've got the outdoor living. That's what makes San Luis Obispo County so great. We've got this amazing weather year round. Yep. But if you don't have the nice outdoor space, you might not take be taking full advantage of it. Yeah, I, I, I hang out with a lot of realtors um, through business and just personal time. And uh, Graham up to Grove is a, is a great realtor here in town. And he is a big advocate of outdoor living space, improving the value, like dollar sign value of a home. Yeah. But even if you're not going to sell the thing, come on, how cool is it to have everyone over? You're at this great grill and someone wants another beer and you can just reach to the fridge that's attached to your barbecue and just get them one. I, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in closing with just on these renovation loans, uh, many of our loan officers can talk about them. I'd be happy to talk about these. At, you know, one number calls all of our locations. That's 805-543-LOAN. Once again, 805-543-5626 calls any of our four locations in Morro Bay, Paso, Atascadero, or San Luis Obispo. Now, this is... The, these programs are that we're talking about are offered through FHA and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Freddie Mac. These are thirty-year fixed loans. These aren't adjustable. These aren't these aren't weird loans. These are your typical thirty-year fixed-rate loan. And the rates these aren't higher than normal interest rates. These are still Slight, in the four percent range. Good, good question. Not dramatically higher, but slightly higher. Slightly higher. So I'd say about three-eighths of a point to a half a point higher. So instead of a four and a quarter, you're looking at 4.75. Okay? The reason that is is because the bank themselves is going to do a lot of administration on your behalf with the contractor. Well, just like Dan was saying, it's another, you know, I mean, he estimated 100 hours. That's... They can't charge you fees for that work, but they can charge you through the rate, and that's what they do. And the the programs, the 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 terms are fifteen year mortgages, thirty year mortgages, with ten percent down. You can do a ten one arm or seven one arm. So uh, I I wouldn't recommend that um, right now, but you could do all those products. It's not a weird like blows up. You owe the money in ten years if you don't pay it off. There's no adjustable rate if you unless you want one. Okay. And, and it's it what I would say it is the best thing you can do is sit with one of our loan officers to go through what your budget would be, what your house is worth. You know, let's talk about where your property tax basis is, where it's gonna be when you're done. All those things are a great part of the first initial conversation. How does I mean I, I think we've all been involved in some variety of of a construction project where you think you know what it's going to cost, and then sometimes it costs more. Hopefully it costs less. How does that get... I guess... I, I know you're kind of capped because of what you can qualify for uh, on the high side, so it really can't cost much more than what you qualify for, or it can't be more. Yeah. But what if it comes in lower? Are you obligated to take the higher loan balance even though you're not using all the funds? Or 
Good question. Actually, the banks have thought of this. Um, they have people that sit in the back room that have MBAs and think of everything. <laughs> and uh, they have what's called a contingency reserve built into the loan. Based on how capitalized your contractor is and their their qualifications, their resume, like I told you about in the beginning, and how what how drastic your improvements are, meaning like how much you're adding to the house, whether it be square footage or just materials, they can go from a 10% contingency reserve up to 25% contingency reserve. Most of the banks just do 10 flat out. What that is, a contingency reserve is saying you're going to be forced to borrow on top of your loan amount 10% more to cover overages coming from the contractor, change orders, these types of things. You can put that 10% in in cash and they hold it for you during the course of construction. If you do close, like you said, Dan, less under budget, you have the option to get that cash back, just like in a check, not taxable. It's, okay. Or if you borrow the money, you now have an option to do these last minute items like, hey, you've got $10,000 sitting over here, Dan, and, and we want you to tell us, do you want to get some appliances? Do you want to finish off some baseboards? Do you want to buy a barbecue, something that would be, you know, part of the construction. Otherwise we're going to put this 10,000 towards buying down your principal. Okay. So you don't get the money back if you borrow it. Okay. Cause it's not a cash out loan at all. Gotcha. Yeah. That's how that gets handled. But it's, it's an upfront thing that we tell you about. I mean, you might want to take this thing to the tippy top limit of the loan amount in our County, which is 586, 500. And if I add that contingency reserve, you're way over now. You can't do it. You'd have to have that contingency reserve in cash, or you have to start working back your budget down so the contingency reserve allows for that 10%. Okay. Very cool. It's a it's a neat loan program. Great to hear from a builder that, yeah. you know, they're excited to use the, the program as well um, to help, you know, make make the the ugly duckling on the block, the dream home for yeah. the, the folks they're working for. So it's it's a it's a really cool way to get into a home, especially in a market that's so pinched for inventory and oh, yeah. it has a lot of aging inventory. Oh yeah. So it has a lot of, of properties where it's like, you know, single level, three bedroom, one bath. Why do we have the three one in San Luis Obispo? It's because <laughs> that's when the houses were made. That was yeah. the style. Yeah. You need a second bathroom. This can do it. It's a cool loan. And, uh, yeah, we, we've done them. We do them. We, we want to do more. Yeah. We'd love to help you, uh, learn more about them. And again, the phone number to the central coast lending office, five, four, three loan, five, four, three, five, six, two, six. We're going to take our last break of the show here and we'll come back and tie this whole thing together. Stick with us for more mortgage matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Oh, yeah. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Our loans are not trucked in from some big bank. They're raised right here on the Central Coast. No hormones, no GMOs, no antibiotics. Call today and get your gluten-free mortgage from a caring lender that knows you only accept the best for your family. Just call Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018 NMLS number 328 Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. No place like home for the holidays. Because no matter how far away you roam. <laughs> What is going on I, I here? Know, I know I know. this is Christmas. You, you are 11 months too early or one month too late. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, home and hiking. Well, you know, there's take, no place take, like it your home. take 10 months. Yeah, there's no, there's no place like your home. Yeah. See, you know, it's this is how I'm working this one. You could start your rehab project today <laughs> and it'll be ready right around Christmas time. Yeah, Dude, this music is freaking me out. I'm like, I gotta go shopping. No, no, no. No, no, I'm just... I gotta get all this stuff down from the garage. At least it's the wrong season for it, but it's still working with our topic today. There we are. Turn it off. <laughs> Do I have to go visit family again right now? <laughs> no, not yet. And they're not coming over either. Oh, <laughs> Just got the house clean. Oh. Right. <laughs> Never a better uh, visit to BevMo than before family shows up. <laughs> oh. What does Uncle Chuck drink again? Oh, yeah. Got to get scotch. <laughs> I just, you know. Swimming pool, the whole thing. You know, this, this is your own. You completed there it. Is. Yeah. You completed there it, Jim. There it is. Yep. All right. Well, I feel baffled. Where were we? <laughs> we're in a time warp right trying now. To, trying to land the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rehab loans. <laughs> That's where we were. <laughs> there it is. You see? Rehab That's loans. how I worked it. There's no song that has to do with the rehab loans, I don't think. There's a lot of the Harrison. There's a lot of good. cool things you can do with financing. You know, you, a lot and it's just amazing that you can do these things you can you can fix up the the older mm-hmm. small home into the home you want it to be mm-hmm. with 5% out of pocket mm-hmm. 3.5% out of pocket or you know, down down yeah. payment yeah. yeah it's just amazing what you can do with the little money down because there's still this misunderstanding out there that's it's so prevalent in articles i see in discussions that Mm -hmm. that i have or that i'm you know Mm -hmm. just aware of that people still believe you you need 20 percent down to buy a home Mm -hmm. and and you don't there's so many options to buy homes with 
3% down, 5% down, 0% down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just the simple buy the existing home. You can do it with buying the home and rehabilitating it. Yeah. I, it, you know, having good credit and understanding these products, those are the two things you need. That's it. I mean, obviously you have to have income to support the loan, but if you have good credit, your mortgage insurance payment will be low. If you can, if you can work with us as your partner to really orchestrate this plan, you can be building equity within, like Dan said, four to 10 months. And that equity, there's nothing stopping us from, you know, you selling the house three months after you're done. But I think the smart move is the long-term play where now you own this house that is a four bedroom, two bath, and you do not have to look for another home for 10 years and you just pay down that loan balance. And you're already in the neighborhood that you like. You already know the guy next door, you know, likes the Trojans and you're a a UCLA fan and you guys bicker about that. You already have roots with your kids in that neighborhood. They like the school district. Why pay an agent, sorry, agents, sales commission? Why pay for more property tax on a reoccurring basis when you buy your next home? Just fix the one you live in. I I think it's a prudent move. Why the loan got created. I mean, that's why the loan got created. Well, and I, I just go back to inventory. I mean, it's it's really a function of there not being enough homes out there for you to search through. I'm, you know, again, started this this show with a couple of friends of mine looking for houses in Morro Bay. Mm-hmm. The inventory out there for stuff that's below six hundred thousand dollars is slim pickings. Yep. It is, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that's seven hundred square feet. 800 square feet, you know, one or two bedrooms, one bath, mm-hmm. funky stuff, old stuff. And it's when it's funky, old and small, man, that's just not my dream home, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Maybe it's got a good lot, but the house that's on it is just, it's lacking. And I'm, you're still paying four or $600,000 for that thing, mm-hmm. man, there, that's not what I want. And mm-hmm. there's not a lot of new building going on in the Morro Bay area. Mm-hmm. So what's a buyer to do? Well, this is a solution. Yep. Um, you know, now there's other areas in North County, you know, I've got another friend looking up there, um, in the, the newer development, mm-hmm. the Oak Knolls. Mm-hmm. And they found a sweet little house up there for under 500,000. It's going to be done in March or April. You know, that's, that's cool. There's some opportunities up there where maybe there is some new stuff on the market, but a lot of our County does not have that. We're a slow growth County. Um, you know, some communities are just kind of maxed out on buildable areas. Right. So finding those, those little properties that maybe have the, the location you like the lot size you like. Sure. But the home's just not ideal. This is where, um, the creative financing comes in and that's where the consultation is so essential. So essential. You got to meet with a loan officer that's armed with all the products that understands all the products. Cause you don't want to work with a loan officer that's never done this loan before. It's not easy. It's not easy. And the calculator that they have to complete is a, is a true navigation path that sets you on the right foot. Nothing more, more worse, nothing worse than going home and saying to your spouse or your loved one, like, Hey, um, we can only do about half of what we've been dreaming about. Because then it's like, well, why even do it? Get started on the right foot on the first meeting. Figure out your real loan amount. Let's qualify your income. Let's look at your credit. Let's make a plan. And let's start the permitting process 
so that you can begin really not just dreaming, but making this happen. That's my, that's there my, we go. that's my bit. There we go. Soundbite. Yeah. All right. Really cool topic. Yeah, it is. Now we got 10 more minutes. What do you want to talk about? Oh, we have nine minutes to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we probably should do is just recap a little bit about how the end of low interest rates is not over. I mean, they're here. The products are here. The timing, if we read into this data correctly, is it's time to look at potentially a new purchase. If you're thinking, yeah, renovation loans are great, Mike, but I don't have patience. I want to just buy and be done. Still a great time to sit down and talk about that. We ought to talk about what the new loan balances are with you. Maybe we should start establishing what the equity in your house is if you're going to do a situation where you sell your house and buy a new house. Might be the year to do that. Junior I, might need his own room now. You know? <laughs> yeah. The, you know, people get so hung up on on interest rate and things being higher than they were. But I, I it, you got to put it in perspective that look at where, where interest rates have gone over the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Interest rates have been as high as, you know, you talk to some people, I bought my first house and it was 20%. It was 18%. Yep. You know, and people were buying and selling homes then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, we came off this season of interest rates around three, three and a quarter, three and a half percent. And that was unbelievable. That was unprecedented is what it was. It was historically yeah. low. Um, the fact that we're in the the mid fours now, things are still amazing. Historically, mortgage right. interest rates are between six and eight percent. Mm-hmm. So even now, the t- the ability to finance at a low interest rate is here. It still exists. It's it's not a, at the historic lows, but it's still at amazingly low levels. And um, still, I have a hard time believing that this is going to be the future of interest rates going forward. I think that interest rates are going to return to those six percent levels, six to eight percent norms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to probably be a slower move up, hopefully, but who knows? Well, there's so much uncertainty right now with the political climate, with the economic changes that are looming, whether it's tax reform, whether it's how we deal with imports and exports, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of changes on the horizon. Uh, but what I do know now, what's certain is that an interest rate at four and a quarter, interest rate of four and a half is still a very good deal. Yeah. Talk to anyone that's, um, you know, if, if you're in that first time home buyer category, you're that 30, 40 year old person, um, you know, ready to buy your first home. Um, talk to someone who's older than you, who's, who's transacted real estate before. Talk to yeah. them about what interest rates were when they bought homes. I've got a quick story. <laughs> yeah. Marty Evick, uh, Ivick Evick, he was, he's the commercial, um, real estate agent broker for Lees and Associates here in town, long time real estate. He was back when he got out of college, tells me this story, he leans over to me and tells me this story this week when we're at the planning commission meeting. He said, I used to have these two crotchety old guys that were my bosses. They would drive around, we would look at properties, I'd sit in the back and take notes and they were constantly bickering about interest rates saying, it'll never go below 10, <laughs> never. And he said, he, I mean, his point was, what is the hesitation if you understand that real estate is a product out there that you can either live in or have someone live in and pay for that is in California 
constantly appreciating. Um, in the market we're in right now, he said, it, it's just like almost a no-brainer. Sure, you got to qualify. He, he didn't discount that, but he said, it's a no-brainer because there's you get to share the risk with the bank at such a small, small interest rate. Mm-hmm. You know, risk return, right? Risk return. If I'm going to make over 10 years, 5% a year, that's a 50% profit on what I bought the house for. And that's not even accounting for the compounding effect. It's going to be a win. Now you just have to get in, pay the bills, don't overbuy and be smart about it. I think people are getting too nitpicky about, well, my payment went up $48 a month. That's a lot. You got to make some better decisions. I mean, $48 a month isn't a lot if you're buying a house that you want. Right. Yeah. And a lot of the times we hear people who, um, you know, are upset about rate increases are because they, they started the process of looking for a home or started the refinance process when rates were at a certain level. And then the market's changed a little bit and they're, you know, still having trouble finding the right home. You know, so they've just got their expectations set differently. You engage someone right now today, tell them the rate's four and a half. It seems like, you know. Okay. Cool. That's where the expectations. So what do I qualify are. for? Is what yeah. they say. Yeah. So, it's just a matter of expectations, a matter of perspective. That's why I encourage you. You know, look at at history. It's times are pretty good right now when it comes to financing real estate. Certainly. Um. I I certainly think it's a call to action. I think what I'm seeing numbers wise tells me that there's a lot of people out there realizing that this is a call to action. That hey, this this environment of four percent interest rates might not be around forever. Three percent's in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, let's let's do something now. Home prices are still going up at a six percent clip. Let's let's do something now because it doesn't seem like it's getting any more affordable. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the call to action for today, I guess. Indeed. Um, I hope you got something out of today's show. We um, we're trying to keep you informed about different loan programs that are out there that can help you buy a home. Um, maybe new homes aren't you know the right buy for you. Maybe there's just not the right home for you that that you're seeing. But there's creative ways to do to create the right home. Yeah, you know you don't have to settle for the existing inventory that's out there. You can take that that home and rehab it to the to your liking and and there's financing opportunities to do that that are very affordable great low fixed interest rates um and and it you can make your dreams reality just like we see on the on the tv shows all the time so that's um, right you know, I hope that you gained a little something from that. If you'd like to sit down and talk with um, any of our loan officers who are experienced in this program and, and learn more about it, we'd love to hear from you during the week. Um, you can give us a call at any one of our Central Coast Lending offices. The There's one number that rings all the offices. It's 543-LOAN, 543-5626. You can learn more about these programs on our website, centralcoastlending.com. Um, and uh, yeah, there's. I always say that if if there's some real estate out there and it's financeable, we've got a great loan program for it. We do, and we do a good job of having a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I hope that you'll give us a try. If you've got an interest rate that's higher than uh, four and three quarters right now, um, it's you should look at refinancing it. There's an opportunity to 
get in on these four, you know, lower to mid four percent rates while they're still here um, before they go higher. So we're we're still meeting clients every day that have interest rates above five. You know, the, for those of you who are in that situation and um, you're interested in lowering your payment, let's check it out. If you're in a 30-year loan and and your income situation's changed and you want to check out a 15-year loan, pay off that home earlier, pay a lower rate of interest, let's talk. Um, again, one number rings all the offices, 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Dan. All right, guys, we're going to be back in February for another live edition of Mortgage Matters. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the sunshine. And we will talk to you next week.